We're in Romans 12, 1 and 2. You've been in Romans 12, 1 and 2 the past two weeks. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to start off with, uh, actually, if you don't mind, I'm going to read Romans 12, 1 and 2 real quick. I actually Great. have it right here. So it's, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay, so we just have to be good, acceptable, and perfect, and we'll know the will of God, right? Well, the will of God would be good, oh, acceptable, and perfect, not be, us. Okay. Yeah, but we that are holy and acceptable <clears throat> up there in verse 1. So... so we're going to go back to the previous sermon real yes. quick, just briefly. And You know, and it's actually crazy about that. I probably had five people in our church like say, that's like the best sermon I've ever given. The one from the week before? Yeah, not this week's, but uh, they were really, they emphasized it's, that heavily. No, I'm just joking. They, but no, the first, that week they were like, that was like one of the best sermons. And uh, yeah, that was very cool. Do you do that on purpose every week that I work security? It's like, oh, that was the best. Yeah, Eric's not in, so, yeah, so this is really going to be good. because you yeah. don't feel as nervous. That's true. Like, I do uh, really get re- really nervous because <laughs> I just know you're so smart. And... Yeah, that, uh, what was my ACT score? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's keep that on the down low. But, uh... Uh, so everything comes from God. You talked about money, job, health, everything. Mm-hmm. And uh, when we talk about, uh, you know, all that stuff. I guess we're we're really getting into just right back to kind of the beginning here of when you know being envious and yep. wanting other things, whether it be a different job or more money or uh, maybe better health, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. And so, but what we need to realize is is no matter what it is we have, that comes from God. Yeah. That's right. What does that tell us about the will of God? I mean, is, do we just like, oh, this is where I'm at, and if God wants me somewhere else, that's where he's going to put me, or this is what my health is, and if God wants it to be better, that's what he'll do? Yeah, so the, it does get really tricky fast, right? Because certainly in, in the United States, where we're so into progress, right? So And the American dream, which is essentially trying to get something for yourself better than what it is you have. But if you are going to like stick that onto the will of God, you're going to be really, really frustrated. Um, and because essentially uh, the fulfillment of the will of God is always going to be something in, that's just outside your grasp or it's going to be in the future or whatever it might be. Now, that doesn't mean that God doesn't call us to some things in the future, right? Uh, for sure he does. Um, and he can give us glimpses into some of those things, right? But um, oftentimes, even when he does do that, you probably might not even experience that as something that's progress. You'll probably experience it as something incredibly challenging. Uh, so, um, but what we do see, of course, is that, uh, well, you have John the Baptist. You know, he says, um, everything that anyone has has been given to them from God. Um, you have Jesus, you know, in front of Pilate and saying, um, well, you have this authority because it's given to you from my Father, <laughs> you know, in heaven. Uh, we see, you know, other instances in the in the ministry of Jesus and other places too, that just say um, that, you know, our the, all of our life is uh, superintended uh, and is within the will of God. I used the illustration this week of, 
you know, almost like a river that has it, you know, it's current, you know, when you are in Christ, you're in the current and the, you know, what's downstream, you know, the watershed uh, of the river is the fulfillment of the will of God and God will get you there. Um, and everything that you find uh, in it, but it is hard to accept. And that's why envy is such a sin. I mean, it's, it's weird that envy is a sin. Like, Nobody in America would say envy is really a sin. It's like, maybe it's like kind of a, a flaw, but actually it's, you know, one of the top ten, right? That's why envy is such an affront to God, actually, right? Because uh, it's an acknowledgement that what you have is not enough and what they have is better. Um, and so that's why thankfulness is such a, uh, you know, an incredible act of humility and obedience because... It is, it's an acknowledgement that um, everything you have is a gift. Uh, so, um, but does that mean, of course, that like we solve no problems and stay static? Uh, no, not necessarily. But we also are very aware, um, particularly when it comes to the will of God, that like if anything's going to proceed from envy or discontentedness, you can pretty much tell. It's just, you can pretty much tell it's not coming from God. It's the coming from uh, the earthly, demonic. So if we're, we're selfish ambition, you know, uh, and James says where, you know, self-ambition there is, there's all kinds of problems. So so what this makes me think of is, who was it, man, was it, was it Jesus that said it? Uh, who said it? You always have to help me out with this. The... You do not say, you know, we're going to go to this town and sell stuff, you know, and make a profit. Yes. Rather say, James, if, James okay, yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Sounds like something Jesus would say, though. Come on. Yes. Uh, he got what he got from so, Jesus. Yeah. yeah so uh, he says, instead, say, if it is God's will. Yeah, if the Lord wills. And if the Lord wills it, then we will go to this town. We will make sale. And so I'm just going to use, I'm just going to use a job as a comparison. So maybe you're trying to, maybe you're, you're like, yeah, you know, I'm going to apply for this job that's better pay, higher advanced career, whatever. Your attitude should be, hey, if it is the will of God, I'll get this job. Yeah. And if it's not, then I won't. Yeah. And is that is that reasonable? I mean, I feel like that compares to James. That's exactly what James, what James says, yeah. And it's weird. He says, like, above all, uh, do not say, I'll go <laughs> into this all. city okay. and do this or that. It's weird. I mean, it's weird. Um, that he says it that way, uh, given, of course, a lot of the other things he said that seem incredibly important. But he actually does, uh, he says above all, and it is to say uh, that our lives are um, in the will of God. And our acknowledgement of that is actually more important than our ambition. And you're going to have the righteousness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit in the will of God, discover the will of God, know it more, when you settle with the fact that um, you are in the will of God. And with all this, are we getting into what uh, Paul is talking about in Romans here when we talk about presenting our bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God? Mm -hmm. <clears throat> yep, that's exactly right. So, and that's what we do day to day. You know, that's, that's such a key to the will of God is to basically just say, 
here I am. This is where you've put me. Here's all my problems. Here's all my troubles. Here's all my joys. Here's all my resources. Here's all my opportunities. Here's all my threats. Here's all my things. Whatever. It's um, and but here's my body, Lord, <laughs> and it's yours. And that's that's spiritual worship. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, the it is a little bit tough in the Greek to understand. Is it um, like the act of worship? Is it spiritual service? I actually think spiritual service is probably a better way of thinking about it rather than, you know, worship we tend to think is something that, uh, you know, happens like inside a building, you know, you're raising right, hands yeah. or something where this is more, um, action based, but you know, it's not, you know, it's not really, worship is not of course wrong there. This, obviously the idea of a living sacrifice has the idea of worship right in the temple, right? You're instead yeah. of a dead, a, a sacrifice that's going to be killed, it's just basically the offering up of your body for the Holy Spirit who does not have a body, uh, you know, that he then fills you and works his will in the world. What was it you got into speaking of like the, <clears throat> excuse me. Sorry. I don't know what's going on here. You should do that into the mic. So AJ has got to deal with it. Yeah. Yeah. That would be really nice. <laughs> Maybe I should just have him mute me for a minute. Uh, so what was this? I'm think, trying to look back on his notes here. Uh, who the who is requesting our bodies here? Yeah, and the answer is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. This was from Doctor Wilson. Or yeah, is that, so this, is this this great book that I really wish everybody would. It's such a great book. It's, it's not it's, as uh, good as the one with Daft Jimmy, I'm sure. No, well, it's the same book. <laughs> oh, it's the same book, but it's 20 stories. Oh. It's 20 different oh, people. Okay. Yeah. So this guy was a doctor, but he uh, he he was really transformed by. Um, a preacher, and he really struggled for a long time. You notice this with all the stories about really, um, you know, being very fervent for Jesus, knowing the word, but having a lot of fruitlessness. But then they, you know, they discover the secret of, you know, sort of surrender and the filling of the Holy Spirit, um, and uh, for for service, and you know, and they discover sort of a new fruitfulness with peace and joy. And this one came through. Uh, a preacher that just says, you know, our job is to present our bodies. And he says um, that, uh, you know, Jesus already has a body. He doesn't need a body. You know, our father, you know, or Jesus' father, our father's on the throne. He said, there, but there is another who's here who doesn't have a body, and that's the Holy Spirit. And you are the body um, for the Holy Spirit to carry out the will of Jesus on earth. And uh, I, that's a very great, great, uh, to me, is very helpful illustration of just like what it is that actually means um and that's always been true we're the body of christ right i mean right. so you just take it one more thing especially with romans 12 1 and this goes into like that whole like your body is a temple thing exactly right? same, thing. And, same and, thing does that come from the bible the whole your body is a temple or is that like is that something that we is that a saying that we put out there or is that actually in the that's uh yeah first corinthians 6 okay yeah <clears throat> See, I don't know all the scriptures. Well, that's why people, I'm here. Yeah, uh, people here. think I do, <laughs> but I don't. Uh, I'm like, that's why I got Dave out here to tell me all this stuff. <clears throat> I'm, I'm the worst that I'll be like, the Bible says, and they're like, where's that at? And I'll be like, let me Google it. Because, <laughs> you know, they put all these numbers in there and stuff. And If it's not in there, it should be. That's the way <laughs> Yeah, if it, yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, that's not how it works. Um, so the, the Holy Spirit... Uh, lives in us, 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a that's a proper terminology, right? Lives in us. Yeah, he's in us. Uh, I think uh, I don't know. Have I ever mentioned this before? Like when I first became a Christian, it was like me and like three other guys doing like a men's Bible study on like a Wednesday morning. And one of them was like, well, the Holy Spirit's everywhere. He's in everyone. You know, he's in that TV over there. And I was like, I don't. I don't know about that, man. It sounds <laughs> weird, TV. you know. Like it was supposed, to, uh-huh. like a it sounded more like a Mother Nature. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. Like a Holy pantheism. Yeah. yeah, and I was like, I don't know if that's right. Uh, but I was a new Christian, so I kept my mouth shut. Mm-hmm. And as I've grown, I've realized like that's not the case. No, that's not right. Yeah. I mean, we see in Acts where uh, actually people were Christians, I believe, right? And Peter's heading out there, or Paul's heading out there because they had not yet received the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Now. Do we know that they were Christians yet, or yeah? So this is uh, um, the uh, Apollos. This is in Ephesus, and this is Apollos, and then sort of the sort of disciples of Apollos, and they were baptism baptized into the baptism of John, uh, which pointed to Jesus. So they certainly knew about Jesus, and so would they be a believer in Jesus of Messiah? Uh, Probably. Uh, for sure, but they had not yet heard about the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so they had a sort of a baptism of repentance, um, and then uh, they were, uh, you know, Priscilla and Aquila and Paul then. Uh, well, Priscilla and Aquila, you know, kind of taught them differently, and then actually Peter and James came up, laid their hands on them, and that's when they uh, received the whole... No, that I'm sorry, I'm mixing up the, the stories. Um, but uh, they came to Samaria... Paul put their put hands on them and they uh, received it in, in Ephesus. So can there be Christians now that don't have the Holy Spirit? No, okay. no. But this is actually a point of a you know a real controversy, particularly for the last one hundred you know twenty some years probably. Um, really, which is the idea of you know the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Do you need something like what the disciples got at Pentecost, and or something also even something like what um, Jesus got at the baptism of John. Which is, but it is true. So when you become a Christian, you receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, you have the fullness of the Holy Spirit inside of you. You, um, you are, he's a down payment of what is to come. And, uh, but there does seem to be in a lot of people's lives uh, where they for them, a real fruitfulness, a real you know power for service, uh, doesn't happen until they experience a a surrender and then a subsequent filling of the Holy Spirit in a way that really empowers them in a way that um, they didn't really experience that power before, even though they were Christians, so much like Apollos would have been in Ephesians. And a lot of people do think that this is a pretty normal part of being a Christian. Um, people mix it up and say that you didn't, you don't have the Holy Spirit until you have the Holy Spirit power, like you got at Pentecost, and that's wrong. You sh- and you really need to oppose that. But there really is, I think, a sense of um, asking for the filling of the Holy Spirit and a continual feeling even after that. So you see in Pentecost. So, you know, so, you know, all the disciples, of course, are believers in Jesus, right? But Jesus says, don't go do any ministry until you receive the Holy Spirit. Uh, wait for the Holy Spirit 
and then you will, you know, then go and be my witnesses. And you'll receive power when you do that. And that's what they do, and they receive power. So, um, so one of the things I think, but then you see even subsequently then, they'll still pray, and then the, they'll have another filling of the Holy Spirit um, for, you know, power and ministry and all kinds of different things. Um, not that they ever have any less of the Holy Spirit. It's just that um, they're asking Jesus to send his Holy Spirit and to fill them with their Holy Spirit to give them the knowledge of their will, to give us the same power that Jesus had when he was on earth. And, um, and I think uh, that is something that is actually a wonderful thing for us to pursue, not to receive the Holy Spirit because like, we don't have it, but re- to receive the power of the Holy Spirit in such a way that um, cleanses us, empowers us, pours out the love of God for us. Uh, and so we, and really, we start to really be very conscious of the, uh, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit on us and in us. Yeah, so when we get into that, you know, talking about being conscious of the first off let me cover this too though so you're saying we don't have to all speak in tongues just yeah so this is a big one too so a lot of some churches have said that you'll know that you have the power of the holy spirit because you speak in tongues yeah and everybody needs to do that to show that they have the holy spirit that is wrong that's a error that uh, needs to be opposed for sure so i wouldn't put it as necessarily a heresy. I think it can get to heresy. I don't think just in and of itself it's a heresy, but it's a definitely an error. And so, um, so no, not all speak in tongues. Um, you don't have to, but uh, speak in tongues in order to know you have the fullness of the Holy Spirit or filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and thank God for me, I don't, I've never spoken in tongues. I've asked ask. God, I've asked God, to, you know, for that gift. He hasn't given it. And so, but I don't worry about it either. Um, so, uh, but, uh, but it is still often, I believe, given to people in quite surprising ways to help give them assurance that they have the Holy Spirit. Um, and so I have not been given that gift for the assurance of the Holy Spirit, but I definitely could definitely point to lots of different uh, things, not, not just the words on the page in the Bible that I know I have the Holy Spirit, but also experiences with the Holy Spirit that I believe haven't like empowered mm-hmm. me. So, but no, yeah, that's a, that's a big error. Um, yeah. I think I've only ever heard one person speak in tongues. That was actually legitimate. Not. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. I mean, I, I'm, I'm not trying to hate on it, but I'm just saying, I don't think it's as common as some churches think it is. Uh, yeah. It, I mean, I don't look, I don't ever look down on it. If people have it, I just, I don't like it when they do it out loud in a way that, where there's no interpreter. Um, but I do respect people who do it and they keep it to themselves. Yeah. Um, that's fine with me. Yeah. It was, it was actually, um, uh, the, the person I heard speaking tongues, uh, actually did it as a demonstration. She actually said that it was not something that she does in front of people, but I was, I was like a newer Christian at the time. And I was like, what? Speaking tongues? Like, what are mm-hmm. you talking about? Yeah. And, uh, she actually did it. And like, I was like, uh, you know, it sounded like totally legit. And yeah. she was like, yeah, it's not something she was like, you should try, you know, just ask God to give you that. Mm-hmm. And if he does, that's great because for her, it was a way of prayer. So, yeah. Yes. uh, you know, 
And so she was like encouraging me to try that as a way mm-hmm. of prayer, yeah. you know, in private, not, you know, yeah. uh, in the middle of church or anything like that. Yeah. So I respect that. For uh, sure. yeah. So yeah, she, she was a, a really intelligent Christian, uh, a lot of, a lot of great, uh, wisdom from her, but, uh, when, just jump back to what we were talking about, uh, because you got into just this past Sunday, uh, how the what Holy Spirit living us uh, has an effect on uh, what we feel and want, etc. Which you were kind of going into mm-hmm. that just a minute ago, and so uh, when we go over that, obviously we'll, we'll roll right into here, like with all of that, what we feel, want, everything. You talked a lot about wrestling over those things mm-hmm. and you used that example of uh, Jacob wrestling mm-hmm. with God. Yep. And that was a really cool example. I immediately thought about Jonah. Uh, does yeah. that count too? You know, sure, I absolutely. think, you know, he was, he definitely didn't want the will know, of God. He, he didn't yeah. literally wrestle with God, yeah. but he definitely didn't want he the ran will of God. From the will actually, of God. Yeah. I think he wanted God's will to be what he wanted, which was everyone in the Nineveh to die. Exactly. You know? Yes, he did. Which is, Oh man, I mean, yes, you did. Glad I'm not like that guy. Yep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally am. Yeah, uh, I'm a horrible person. <laughs> so let's let's talk about that a bit. You know, when we talk about wrestling with God over these things, and because we've got like these two huge problems. One is identifying it and not just rolling with well, it's what I want. So surely that's what God wants, which mm-hmm. we've been talking about. I feel like this entire time, this entire series. Mm-hmm. But also we talk about now how. Do we wrestle with understanding which one is the right one, and especially when we don't like that mm-hmm. option, when we don't like what God has decided? Because what was it you said something about? Basically, you're gonna lose. <laughs> what yeah, that's you, right. Like, yeah. what was the example you gave? Do you yeah. Remember? So there, there are a lot of as I've been reading about this, a lot of people from other centuries, other Christians, they would they had a name for it. They would say, "I'm having a controversy with God." That's They're basically it. saying. I was like mad at God or like God gave me something to do and I didn't want to do it. And I, so I, you know, was like uh, having a controversy because I didn't want it, but that was, it's, it was very clear that it was God's thing. And we've talked about this before, but there is something to like know the will of God, but there's also something to like the will of God. Yeah. And we know that there's nothing wrong with not liking the will of God sometimes. Like uh, Jesus didn't like the will of God. He asked for, um, for, the will of God to be different, right? But he knew God's will. There was no other way. And so he asked that um, the cup be taken from him, but he, then he surrendered, right? Not my will, but your will be done. So Jesus even was like, hey, is there another way, you know, that this doesn't happen? This is So we would expect that God is going to lead us into some things that are going to conflict with what we think is right, what we feel might be best for us, and what it is we want, you know, or what motivates us or whatever. And actually, could be really challenge the things that motivate us. That's that that great Daft Jimmy story <laughs> is a great story of that one. Um, we should you know, talk about so, that story in general one one episode. Just <laughs> exactly, <laughs> just that. Um, so you know that. But anyway, so we should definitely expect that the will of God is going to challenge the self. You know, and and um, and the self. You know, at first, and as you start to walk in knowing the will of God and doing the will of God, you know, the self of it is very threatened, right? I mean, it, it is. We, and we, we know that. I think we intuitively sense that. That's like the people that are like, I don't want to fully surrender to Jesus because he might send me to Africa, you know, or like, you know, poor Africa, right? It's like, <laughs> so, but, um, but, you know, we know that the self is, is threatened 
um, our way of thinking or what we want, what we think is best for us, all of that stuff. And it's coming into, you know, having to trust God for the day-to-day -day things that are, um, you know, that are very, very challenging. Just like the exodus of the Israelites, right? They're, they're you know, by a powerful and uh, outstretched arm, God delivers them, but then they have to face their thirst. They have to face their hunger. Um, they have to, you know, that kind of thing, so... See, I feel like God wouldn't send me somewhere warm. <laughs> He'd send me, like, it's not for you to go to the, you know, northern Russia or something. Yeah, you, know, you got to go uh, on an oil rig in the North some, Sea. Or Yeah, oh, yeah, that would actually be worse. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like the ocean, so yeah, go, that see. would be even worse. <clears throat> so I, hopefully God doesn't send me anywhere. I kind of like where I'm at. <laughs> I'm, I'm good chilling right here. You know, I... I Kind of sometimes yeah. I barter with them. I'm like, you know, look, I can reach the whole world with a podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just like, I'm everywhere it's preaching for you, you Lord. See, look, you know? I, know I can record this here. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, that's actually true. I mean, we just, and I know, you know, a lot of times, obviously, God doesn't do these things. But, but I actually know of a couple who really wanted to be sent as missionaries. And um, they have had, they had to stay home. Really? They basically stayed in Ohio where they did not want to be uh, because it was the will of the Lord. No, not me. It was not me. Oh, I thought you wanted to go to California. And well, I do. I do. Missionary yes. to California. That's my controversy <laughs> with God. God, why am I not yeah. in, uh, in Yosemite, California? They definitely need missionaries out there, too. All right. <laughs> oh, Lord. So uh, so with all of this, so we're, we're wrestling with God uh, about God's will, what we want versus what he wants, and we're going to lose all that good stuff. And in all of this, though, I, I can't help but every time that you've been preaching on this, I come back to this thought of sanctification. Mm -hmm. Through all of this, uh, we're actually looking at uh, God. Uh, didn't you mention this from Philippians in, in your sermon, too? Mm -hmm. Yeah, so every time I think about this, it's that sanctification. This is part of that process, mm -hmm. the, which is the changing of you know what we want to what God wants. And, and keeping that in mind, I feel like a lot of times when we talk about sanctification, we talk about not sinning or, you know, changing habits or something like mm -hmm. that. But really a huge portion of it is this, mm -hmm. is this whole wrestling over the will of God thing and our thoughts, be, you know, or yeah, uh, his thoughts becoming our thoughts, his wants becoming our wants. Mm -hmm. uh, you could, I'm saying that backwards, I feel like, but you know no. what I mean? Yeah, God's yeah. wants. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, we we start to want what God wants, mm -hmm. and so with all of that, is this a, a bigger part of sanctification than just not sinning? Because that's, like I said, that's what I feel like we always go to. It's mm -hmm. like, oh, I'm no longer looking at pornography, or I'm mm -hmm. no longer gambling, or I'm no longer, you know, whatever. You know, insert yeah. sin. But this is, it really boils down to God's will versus ours. Yeah, when we talk about sanctification. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it it really is. Um, you're exactly right. It is holiness, and unfortunately, holiness for us has kind of come to mean a moral, you know, like a a lack of moral badness, or like we just don't sin. Um, but actually, that it really isn't holiness. I mean, holiness actually has, isn't really meant to. When we say God is holy, it just means He's other. He's different, and. Um, and that's actually to be conformed to the image of Christ, 
would not mean that you just don't sin. It means you're actually starting to look like Christ, everything that you just mentioned, which would be holiness. You're, you're actually turning into an other. <laughs> you know, you are, to- you are different. You are totally different. And, um, and that's, you know, when you read some of these stories in that book, they found the secret. They'll, they'll, that's what they'll say. They call it holiness. Uh, when they say that total sort of surrender and empowerment by the Holy Spirit of like almost like unity between them and God, that's what they call it holiness. And it has doesn't have a lot. And these guys were and these guys and girls were not sinning a lot. Uh, they were very very uh, moral people, uh, but they're still experiencing the frustration of not yet really experiencing the, the full holiness that they felt like could be possible I feel until like they found the secret. I feel like I'm not there yet. <clears throat> That's, read the book. It, you know, you I, I really, I think, yeah. I, I think I'm going to read the book, uh, honestly, because that I've heard that before. Maybe I heard it from you. Actually, the whole holiness being other, different, that kind mm-hmm. of thing. What we often think about when we think holy. I don't know about you. See, I was raised Catholic, and so the first thing that pops into my mind is like altars and cloths and like yeah. gold stuff and mm-hmm. you know like really fancy things and like sunshine coming through like a window <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know and i i think that might be a lot of people just uh in the west in general mm-hmm. when they think of sure. holiness is yeah. that's what they think of not really being different or other mm-hmm. and so i'm gonna kind of like side shoot here but what is uh when we talk about holiness being other? Can we really comprehend what that is uh, from a worldly perspective? The way that I was describing a moment ago is that um, you know I feel like we're, yeah yeah I mean it's really interesting. I mean what would happen is so holiness has an idea too of it set apart right for service mm-hmm. right. But you're, if, you're hol- if your holiness, your set apart for service, is in the power of the Holy Spirit, it's going to be it's going to be kind of interesting, right? Like, I mean, you're going to look at like, um, I mean, look at Paul. You know, so he was a guy who was suffering a lot, just like Jesus was. But everybody was like, "You can't be an apostle because you're suffering so much," right? So people who are looking at it very worldly were like, um. Can't, that guy can't be an apostle, but he was an apostle, and actually it was a suffering that was one of the commendations of his apostolic ministry, right? Um, you know, but of course, you also see other things to, through the whole, this all happens through the Holy Spirit, right? Like, um, I mean, think of um, Philip going and preaching to the Samarians, uh, Samaritans, um, a lot of people coming to Christ, you know, and then he's like, you know, and the Holy Spirit just says, go to this road and, you know, just go to the road, uh, you know, down by on the way to Egypt, you know, in the desert, this like desolate road and Philip goes, right. And there he finds the Egyptian in that chariot, um, or the uh, eunuch, you know, on the way to Ethiopia, so not Egyptian, I'm sorry, Ethiopian, right. <laughs> and so he preaches the gospel to that. Idiot. So, all of that would be very much like set apartness, but it also a lot of times it can be somewhat strange um, because it just. But again, it's sort of people that are sort of set apart. They're no longer in that like status, money, wealth building, uh, storing up treasures on earth kind of people. Like there's something about them 
where they literally are getting their power from God um, in a way that earth can't touch uh, in a way. Um, and just like Jesus, you know, right? So, um, which, you know, he had demonstrated by the power of the Holy Spirit when he was, you know, on earth. So it's all varied because you know, the Holy Spirit's so different with all of us. You know, he uses us in all different kinds of ways. Uh, and we all have different gifts, of course, too. So, so and <clears throat> just back, you know, going right back on that, I mean, all being different and whatnot, uh, one thing that... Uh, uh, that you talked about is testing. Mm -hmm. Um, so because like you just said, everything's different or for like Mm -hmm. each different for Jesus, different for us, different for you, different for me. And so let's just talk like real quick when we talk about testing this, um, I think we've covered a little bit before, but I want to just kind of like jump back over it again. Like we talked about, I think, uh, if I'm like, I, I have a feeling that God wants me to do something specific. And I'm like, okay, if this is what you want me to do, then this first thing that needs to happen will happen. Mm-hmm. And is that a reasonable form of testing? Right? Like, in, in how else can we test this? How else can we know that all that this completely different thing for everybody is accurate and correct? Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is a great question. Um, yeah, it just sort of, uh, it, I think it sort of depends on sort of how big the thing is God's telling you, right? You know, like, um, but what I think is really just cool about that is, like, God is mas- basically making the knowledge of his will through his Holy Spirit, like, subject to testing. Like, it's not one of those things you have to, like, make people feel guilty about that, like, you should hear it and obey it. You know, it's just like, well... No, God's saying it's okay to test what is the will of God, like what is good and acceptable and perfect, right? Um, And I think it does, at least in my life, like how big something is that I feel like my God might be saying, you know, it kind of determines like what it is I might use to like ask, you know, or like to test it, right? So, So, yeah, I mean, I think it's legitimate to be like, Lord, if you are telling me to do this, like make this thing make it obvious here on this thing, you know, um, that's, I think that's a obvious way to, you know, a, a way to do it. Um, hopefully more, but as you like progress and you're discerning the will of God, following the Holy spirit, le- hopefully less and less you would need to have like, kind of like real extra special confirmations because you're just starting to learn what the still small voice of the Holy spirit is doing, you know, and leading you. Uh, so, um, I don't know. See, it's, it's, but it is varied and you can, you know, you can involve, you can do open doors and closed doors. You can do, um, involve the body of Christ, what they think, you know, like you can just even just give it some time, you know, it's like, uh, I remember this summer I knew I was going to get a really big tax return. Uh, and so I actually was on a walk, a prayer walk and I felt like a thought came to my mind that I should give, the whole tax return away. And, and immediately I was like, Oh gosh. But then I was like, well, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, like I'll do it, you know? And, um, but then like, it was funny, like later on, like about an hour later, I was just like, 
no, I don't think that's what it is. Like, I it just like, and, and then I went and talked to Jenny about it, and she's like, she's like, yeah, I'd give it, but like, I don't know, it just doesn't seem like that's the thing we have to do. It's like, oh yeah, okay, cool. So like, then we just didn't. It, it was just a thought that came to my head that I sort of like marinated on for a little bit, brought my wife into it, and then it was like, oh no, I don't think that was from. I don't think that that was just like a thought, you know. And so. Um, but if I didn't have a sense of like, you can test those things, I might've been like, I got to give it away. Like as soon as I get it, you know, like, and right. that'll be the, that'll be the thing. Right. You know? So, um, so yeah, so there, I don't know. That's one example for me. Um, sometimes you just wait on it cause that was a kind of a bigger thing. That was kind of a bigger deal, you know? So, um, I, yeah. I, you know, first I did want to cover real quick because I meant to include this in my original question that the, the reason why this is important to test it is because you talked about uh, three personalities that basically we get thoughts from. Yeah. And that is ourselves, God, and you said present darkness, yeah. which was really <laughs> ominous. And I was like, whoa, yeah. this took a dark turn in this sermon <laughs> today. Uh, so that's why it's important that we do that. And so... Mm-hmm. I, I wanted to I wanted to jump in and, and there's a, a story here. I actually had a, a time where I felt like there was like an amount of money we were supposed to give. And I was like, <clears throat> okay, Lord, if that's what you want me to do, if that's the amount that you want us to give, then give that same number to my wife. And I asked my wife, I was like, you know, how much do you think we should give? And she was like, I was thinking this much. And I was like, it was totally not. Like it was oh, extremely wow. yeah, yeah. low. And I was okay. like, but the overwhelming film feeling that I got <laughs> from God was in all honesty, was I'm not doing that. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. He was like, "I've given you a number, just do it." You yeah. and like the the feeling that I got was, "You're supposed to be the leader of your household." Oh, okay. Tell your yeah. wife the amount yeah. that you've been given, and see her reaction. You yeah. know, and so that was what I did. And yeah. she was like, "Yeah, oh, no, that's yeah, sounds great." Oh, see, and, you yeah, know, that's and great. I was like, "Okay, yeah. you know, yeah." yeah. It, it was really weird though because the the feeling that I got from God was he was like, "No." We're not like that's not how I'm doing this. We're not today. doing this. This is how you will know because I told you, and you will tell your wife, and she will agree. And I was like, okay, Lord, <clears throat> and that's so, what happened. And that's what happened. That's exactly yeah, what happened. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, and yeah. you know, like to be honest, like especially at the time, like we, like we had plenty of money. Like we had just mm-hmm. sold our house in Monroe, so like we had like money sitting around. And I was like, I feel like this is what God's saying. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay, so uh, rolled with it. But uh, yeah, so so that's. You know, the kind of the importance of testing, right? I mean, we just yeah. kind of like throw that stuff out there and see what comes back. I and you know what's I, good, acceptable, and perfect. I mean, like that, your stories is great, right? Because it's just like it was good, it was acceptable, <laughs> you know, right? It's like this is okay, yeah. this is the right thing to do, and it was kind of just you know, kind of brought about that way, which is really encouraging. It wasn't like a make or break us kind of thing either, mm-hmm. which is why I feel like that the Holy Spirit was like, no, we're not going that far with this. Like mm-hmm. you have plenty, like, and that was, that was kind of like my next thing. So, you know, let's say, let's say I am broke. Okay. And I mean, I just like barely have enough money to make it by. And I feel like the Holy Spirit tells me, Hey, uh, you're going to pay for this person's groceries in the grocery line. Mm-hmm. Uh, and don't worry, I'm going to, uh, make it, make it up for you. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay. So let's say I paid for that person's groceries, but it wasn't actually from the Holy spirit. Do you think God would be like, you're an idiot, but I'll go ahead and make it up for you. <laughs> like, what? Uh, <laughs> you know, okay. A little bit a, of a joke question. Yes, but, yes, that's right. uh, <clears throat> but you know, honestly, like anything like that, that usually like blesses people. Like, you know, as long as that's probably 
even if it's not coming from God, it's coming from a, it's coming from love, which I'm sure God would, and God's going to take care of you financially. So, and, and just back to the wife thing, you actually told a story about some stuff from your wife. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and you didn't want to do it. You're like, no, like this is not yes, correct. Get, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> but that turned out to be correct though, right? Like you. Yeah. You yeah. Didn't I didn't share what it was because it they're pretty relatively minor things. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I just really felt like God told me to listen to what my wife was telling me is what was kind of how I was the dictating a couple of my things. That's why I was like, get behind me, Satan. <laughs> you but didn't they actually were say like, that to her, did No. Okay. <laughs> I knew what she was saying. This is all in my own, you know, head or whatever. So, uh, and, uh, but yeah, as soon as I started doing it, it was like, oh yeah, this is exactly what I was supposed to be doing. Yeah. So. I, I, I told you, I apologized to you one time. I didn't offer to get you a Frosty on my way here to record. And you were like, I'd have told you, get behind me, Satan. And I was like, all right, fair enough. See, that's right. I got that line all the time. Yeah. It's you're, like you're, right there. You're good at that one. I like it. It's hilarious. Uh, but also accurate, you know? That's funny. The tempter. So, so in all this, I mean, let's just, we'll, we'll jump ahead here to you. Like, I, I want to talk about this analogy. Um you mentioned it a little bit earlier, like you're basically tossed into this river mm-hmm. and you can either coast with it and end up at the watershed, which, what did you describe it as? The fulfillment uh, of the will of the, God. Yeah, the yeah. fulfillment of the will of God. It sounds like a great place to end up. Yes, exactly. You know? uh, sounds like a place where I, I dock my jet ski in the summer. So, uh, talk about swimming against it mm-hmm. and that it's exhausting and and I think like a lot of Christians would probably know exactly what you're talking about here too. Just mm-hmm. like this whole, uh, when, when you know that you're supposed to be doing something or be somewhere or whatever of the sort, it's exhausting mm-hmm. to not do that, what you are called to do. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I would, I would even kind of compare it to like, if you're going to school and you're not doing the work you're supposed to do, mm-hmm. or you're not doing the work you're supposed to do at work. It's like, extremely exhausting to keep up i don't know what you would call it the facade or mm-hmm. or the laziness whatever mm-hmm. it is it's actually a lot more work mm-hmm. to do that mm-hmm. and so should we expect the same results if we're you know we've so we've we've received it we we believe we know what the will of god here is we do some quick testing we're like hey you know god if this is your will uh then that bird will uh, fall over dead now. The bird falls over dead, but he knows as well. That would be so nice if it was that simple. Uh, of course, we'll be called bird killers now. Yeah. But <laughs> now you're you're rolling with it, but is it is it going to be easy? Definitely. Like, Or is it yeah. only difficult when you're swimming against it? Because we're going to encounter difficulty no matter what, right? Yeah, for sure. Uh, and I, it just is... Uh, the difficulty usually comes in just like sort of like the Israelites in the desert where it's like, why did you bring us out here, Lord, to die? You know, it's like they saw him do all the 10 plagues and then there was like, uh, you know, then they start grumbling. And I think that's a lot of like what we do with our life, you know, in general, where it's like, uh, I wish my wife, my, I wish my life wasn't like this. I wish I had more money. I wish I had more uh, opportunity. I wish I had a different job. I wish I had, you know, more obedient kids. I wish I blah, 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 blah. You just basically like, I, you're just wanting 
you're and that's like all the while if you're a Christian doing that, you're 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 in the will of God. It's just you don't like it. And so you're sort of like trying to like, you know, uh get to a different place than where God has you going. And it, and it is. It's exhausting, right? And so um and once you but yeah, but also once you of course surrender yourself to the will of God, you might also encounter incredible trials there because you're, you know, starting to understand what it is to be in Christ, you know, in his death and resurrection. But usually uh, what we find there is that the presence of the Holy Spirit uh, is so much more empowering than it is to... um, than to have to like, you know, like Paul, you know, like when Jesus, you know, knocks him off his horse, he's like, it's hard to kick against the goads, right? You know, and so uh, that's, it is right, you know, like Paul was kicking against the goads of Jesus and his people, you know, it's hard to do that. Actually, I just read this thing today um, where we're talking about the, uh, the empowerment of the Holy Spirit. They said it's better to wait for, <laughs> it's better to wait uh, for the bullet train. Um, and have to wait for it than just to start your journey to get where you're going to go. Because if you wait, um, the train eventually is going to come and then it's going to be really quick to where you're going to be. And it'll probably be an enjoyable ride. But if you just try to get to where you're trying to go by walking and not waiting, then it'll be very exhausting. And I thought that was another great, another great illustration of that. And so, you know, when we're in the will of God, you know, and we're attentive to the Holy Spirit and we're attentive to the will of God, we're offering our bodies as living sacrifices. Like we're, you know, these are the types of things that are, that are creating, um, that fruit of the Holy Spirit, right. Which is empowering. And, um, and, you know, we are often able to be in situations and places that are, we would have never thought we could be there because, there's just like no way there have been too much anxiety or whatever, but you're, you find yourself to be other. You're finding yourself really to be holy in a new way. I, I can just testify personally to my own self that, um, we, and I'm not saying this for any sympathy necessarily. I'm just actually saying like when we chose a year ago to answer, to be obedient to this call of going back into full-time ministry, I had an inkling and I real fear that I was going to like come to the end of all of our finances. And it, and it has, but it is unbelievable. So like most of my days now are like spent in like, are we going, are we going to like, is our checking account going to bounce? Our checking account going to bounce? Our checking account going to bounce? And never bounces. We always get what we need right on time, but we have literally no money. And I'm not saying this to be get your sympathy. I'm actually saying this to be like, it is weird to be a person that like can do what I'm, I, I can only do what I'm doing because I am not worrying about money. I'm just trusting God to give it as he gives it. And that's the only reason I'm doing what I'm doing. If I was really worried about it, I would have to go get another job. I just was like, I just can't do this. I can't handle it anymore. I just got to go get a job, you know? And I'm like, but I'm not supposed to get it. I'm supposed to do this. The only reason I can do this is because I'm just trusting God to give it. But what he's given is just like, we're just in need financially. And it's like, it is weird to be in need financially, but not, but st- strong and content, even though 
were in need financially, which I can tell you this, that probably is one of the best descriptions of holiness in my life. Um, that I, it is certainly not a not sinning thing, you know, right. It's literally a, a settled strength that's coming through Christ that he's going to provide, you know, and it's up to Christ to provide in the way that he does. And I get to do what I'm doing only because I'm trusting him. And if I didn't trust him and if my wife didn't trust him, then we wouldn't be able to do what we do. So it's weird. It's so weird, but it's great, hard, great, weird. Mm -hmm.